When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thirsty for some pro wrestling punditry because we're going to slam it into your ear holes today. It is me, your managing editor, Nick Hausman of Wrestling Inc., uh, and we are back with the latest episode of The Winkly. I am joined here as I am just about every Thursday by my good friend Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to The Winkly. Good to be back. We have a lot of energy here to close the week out, guys. This is the last Winkly of the week. We are going to send it home strong. We have a lot of news to get to. We have a lot of interviews to get to. Uh, but before we get to any of that, we wanted to take a moment here at the top of the show uh, and reflect on a member of the pro wrestling community that we have lost here uh, in just the past few months, I say, because uh, we'd like to send our regards to the family and friends of former WWE superstar and road agent Rene Goulet, who passed away at the age of 86 back in May. Now, this is according to the Cauliflower Alley Club, and they noted that the uh, passing has been kept private up until now uh, due to the family's wishes. Uh, he was born in Quebec City, Canada. Uh, Goulet began his wrestling career in 57. He spent a lot of his time in AWA and the WWE. He wrestled regularly until 1986. He retired in 87. He then became a road agent for WWE until 97. Uh, fans may remember him as one of the backstage officials who would often come out to break up fights when things got out of hand with the wrestlers. Uh, he also won a number of tag titles in his career, including the WWF World Tag Team Championship with Carl Gotch. Uh, he also won New Japan Pro Wrestling's MSG Tag League, now known as the World Tag League, with Andre the Giant in 1981. Uh, although it was only Ric Flair's second match, Goulet is also in the history books as the first wrestler ever to defeat the Nature Boy Ric Flair, who, oddly enough, was just on the show yesterday. Uh, so we are sending out our best to all the friends and family of Rene Goulet. And, uh, yeah, dude, Attitude Era, I remember him in the pit pulling people apart. I was watching back some old clips of him. I watched him and Hogan from the Garden. Uh, just just great. So much energy Renee had. Yeah, yeah, he had the standout look with the blonde hair of being in a suit. You know, I remember obviously as a as a kid, you know, in the early '90s, watching the pool parts, and as you said, into you know, into '97. Um, you know, obviously uh, thoughts and prayers with his family. That's it's it's quite impressive actually that they were able to keep that a secret since May. So seven months that they were able to, you know, I mean, like it's funny in the wrestling world. I mean, you think that, you know, secrets and, and works and everything could be kept, but I mean, usually things just end up getting out. Cause it's just such a incestuous business. So I'm, I'm quite, quite amazed that they actually were able to keep that hidden for that long. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, well, there it is a uh, somber way to start the show, uh, but let's move on here uh, with the news of the day and some big interviews. Like I said, after we talk the news here of the day from the past 24 hours, uh, you're going to get to hear three interviews uh, today. Yesterday we had just one interview. That was the one, like I said, with Ric Flair. Today, right after the news, the first interview you're going to hear is my interview uh, with Saudi Arabia's lead pro wrestling journalist. I don't really know how, uh, how other way to describe him. Uh, his name is Mr. King. He's going to be here on the show today 
talking about attending Crown Jewel, what it was like working the WWE media scrums in Saudi Arabia alongside other uh, Saudi Arabian journalists who may not be, uh, let's just say, smartened up to the business. That's a nice way to put it. Uh, We talk about the travel issues, the the TV delay, everything's in there. Uh, You guys are going to love it. And right after my interview with Mr. King, you're going to hear our good friend Brian Wool. Uh, He did an interview with Matt Seidel that is also a video interview. So if you like the interview, you want to watch it, share it around, you feel free to go over to our YouTube channel. It's there as well. And then after Brian, you're going to hear from Andy Malnoski. He did an interview with the president of the International Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame that is coming to upstate New York. His name is Tony Viano, and it's going to come up, uh, come up here later in the show. And that is also a video interview. So two video interviews here today. If you like them on the show, check them out over on our YouTube channel. And with that, let's get to it here. News you can use. News that will leave a bruise. Uh, we are going to start off with a big title change that happened last night during the Wednesday Night Wars. Uh, after a 20-plus minute uh, bout, which was I, I really enjoyed between Angel Garza and Leo Rush, Angel Garza wound up defeating Leo Rush via submission to win the WWE NXT Cruiserweight Championship. And the big buzzy thing that happened right afterwards during the commercial break, Garza brought his girlfriend into the ring and proposed to her, and she said yes. Wow. Big moment there. What would you think of uh, the title win and uh, the proposal afterwards, Justin? Well, a lot of pressure on her. She can't say no on live TV. So hopefully that was a sincere, a sincere yes. Uh, no, I mean good, good, good for them. Um, you know he's a, I mean he's a hell of a talent. I, I will say I'm not quite, I'm not in support. I don't think of uh, of of Leo's title reign ending. What I think, you know, this this early, I thought I thought he could have held on to it for some more uh, some more time, but um, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, a fantastic match, great way to open up the show. Yeah, and I wonder if they didn't do the title change because Garza came to them and was like, "Hey, I'd like to propose to my girlfriend in the ring," and they're like, "Wow, if you're gonna do this very real thing, maybe we can uh, spruce it up a little bit." You know, Rush <laughs> rushes look, rushes rush, rushes uh, more over now than I think he's been in his whole WWE run. He looks credible. He can always take the title back. I don't really know that a, a loss here to Rush really hurts him. Uh, because uh, because I think he has a good chance of taking this thing back here, and maybe not the too distant future. What a play that would have been! <laughs> he gets a title. He gets his first title win in WWE by stringing his girlfriend out there. You know, I really wanted to propose to her. I mean, I was I mean I was just going to take her to the Cheesecake Factory, but if we could do, if we could do it here. Oh, you want to give me the title, too? I mean, that would be great. That would really make the night, I think, really I, tie together. I just see it something, <laughs> knowing how, like, Triple H, the McMahons, they all think about, like, the way to use real-world relationships and your life to uh, complement stories and things like that. Yeah, if you're going to do this very real thing and co- uh, commit to a lifelong with this uh, lifetime with this other person, yeah, maybe we could do something a little special for you here. We'll give you a little title reign, buzz- get it all buzzy together here. Um, they'll, they'll live stream the wedding. This will be the replacement for the uh, 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 Nikki Nikki Bella John Cena wedding that they never got to live stream on WrestleMania. That they, I think I'm sure they wanted to do. Hey, look, Total Divas needs something. You know, maybe this could maybe this could kick over there. Um, I uh, I also like you made the joke about how you would hope that she's really committed because she was on TV. Um, I think it was Nigel that made the joke that uh, marriage is a long meal with dessert served first. I think was the line he said, like immediately, <laughs> right, immediately, right after the proposal, and I was like, "Well, that's doom and gloom. That's not good." <laughs> oh, wow, this beautiful oh. moment. Don't forget, this is the best part of your life. Everything from here on out is just downhill. It's not going to get any better. Uh, WWE. Uh, well, also uh, last night on the show, we saw Dakota Kai taking on Mia Yim. Uh, in a bout that got really brutal afterwards, Mia put Dakota through a table off the 
uh, off the uh, stage there. And uh, WWE is reporting that Dakota suffered a laceration and needed staples to close the wound after the big suplex through the table from Mia Yim on last night's episode of NXT. So that's what WWE is reporting. You know, I guess take them at their word it, as you will. No, it, it was. I'm not surprised. It was brutal because I, I called it live and I kept uh, looking at it in the replays when when Yim suplexes her, they go through a table, but then there was another, I can't tell if it was another table or if it was some kind of like a platform or, or, or if it was the, or if it was the back of the bleachers, cause the bleachers are right there too. Got but it. there was something that they, they both look like they both did, but definitely Kai uh, cracked the back of their heads right off of this because the angle they went into the table and then that, that whatever that was, whatever the table bleacher, whatever it was, that was right next to that, the table they went through, they just smacked the back of their heads uh, right against it. I was, it, it, it looked brutal, so I'm not surprised. I love the physical. I mean, that's awful, right? But I do love the physicality of the women's division in NXT. There's so much fire there, and I feel like every match has really got some intensity to it. And I, I really hope Kai will be fine. Uh, I'm sure she'll come back, but she's already got an edge to her right now that's really made her stand out, I think, from where she was before as kind of the bubblegum Bailey type. Um, you know, look, the, Becky Lynch got popped in the face, turned into one of the best runs of her life. You know what I'm saying? So, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, also, red, red equals red, red equals green. Mm-hmm. Um, also, let's take a look here to what is going to be going down on uh, the next couple weeks. Well, here we'll start with that. First of all, here's what's going down next week on NXT. Uh, Finn Balor won the Triple Threat main event over Ciampa and Lee. He's now the number one contender for Adam Cole's NXT Championship. So they'll have that match next week. Uh, on NXT. Also, Rhea Ripley is going to take on Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship. So, two big championship matches here, and it's uh, interesting to note that next week is going to be the last live show, I believe, for NXT and, and AEW, both until January 8th. Is that right? I th- I'm pretty sure NXT is also taking New Year's off, right? I don't, I don't know about it. Well, AEW's live. They're live in Jacksonville on January 1st, right? Jacksonville's next week, on the 18th. And then they have Christmas off, and then I don't know if the well, they're, yeah. no, 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 no. Ja- Jacksonville uh, is live January first. They're doing the big New Year's party at in Jacksonville, where where the oh, comms are. Oh, okay, got it. Sorry, too many announcements in my head. Okay, so this will be the last. These will be the last shows before the beginning of the new year. Fair, uh, easy to say, because there's no shows next week due to Christmas, right? I think, well, I don't know. I I think there's shows next week, or I think there's shows on Christmas, but they might be taped. I'd imagine they're taped, obviously. I think they're, yeah, taped or recap type shows or whatever Being the Elite decides to do for their Christmas special. Anyway, here's what's happening. This is the last big show uh, until the beginning of the new year, so I feel like both programs are really blowing it out here. we got these two big title matches here for NXT, uh, for the men's and women's titles, and then if you flip over to AEW, they're going to have Jericho versus Jungle Boy. That's a 10-minute non-title match. Uh, Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. That's going to be for the AEW Women's Championship number one contender spot. So the winner would then face Rio next. Uh, also, Young Bucks, they defeated uh, Proud and Powerful uh, in a tag match, uh, or in a tag match street fight last night on AEW Dynamite. Uh, they're going to take on SCU for the titles next week. Uh, it was also noted that Matt Jackson tweeted out uh, regarding uh, his brother Nick that he laid on the floor in the locker room all day, suffering from a terrible flu, then popped up, put in that gutsy performance last night on Dynamite. He won't say it, so I'll do it for him. Proudy's my brother and my tag team partner. And then lastly here, yeah, they're throwing out Lucha Brothers versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. Both these shows, big matches planned for next week. Nobody's wanting to go into 2020 quietly here. I'm very impressed with the cards we're getting for next Wednesday night. Yeah, and uh, I'll be very interested to see what the total viewership for both shows is. Uh, it, you know, comes out to be. Um, so yeah, I mean they're both. What do you, you think? Know, lo- loading up. 
What do you think? Over what a million a piece? Over um, a million a piece? I'd probably be. I'll say over. I'm gonna say between nine hundred thousand and a million. Okay, I, I think it'll be big too. This 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 week felt big as well. Watching the two shows because I usually watch AEW the night before. Then I wake up and I watch NXT the next morning. Both shows felt big to me. Hey, here's the thing that's interesting to me though: is NXT action, action, action. A lot of action. They use the pre-packaged videos a little bit. Tons of action. AEW a lot more talking. Have you noticed that? Yeah, they've added more talking uh, each week that goes on. It seems like they pull back a little bit on having you know so much belt to belt. They they've they've been working more. Um, yeah, I'll just say just entertainment things and you know whether it's skits or or, or live promos or what have you. See, I watch them both live simultaneously because I have to because I'm you know I do the post podcast uh, here on wrestling. Yeah, and um, and so I really try. So I I really take notice of like what's going up against what. You know, when the Mia Yim Dakota Kai match is going on, um, there the, the women's match that was going on for AEW that just didn't that paled in comparison to what NXT had going on. Um, you know, and I, and I do watch the energy and I will say overall, there was some, there was some, and this has been kind of a lot of the weeks NXT has some high points, but I will say when you watch side by side, I do find myself, I do find myself saying, you know, AEW's got a little bit more of a must see at the moment. Like I, I really don't know what's coming next. It's almost like NXT has got NXT is a little bit formulaic or, or more predictable to a point of like what I know is coming and where AEW, I'm kind of like, well, I don't want to miss this dark order vignette or, or okay what is brandy got what is brandy gonna do here or oh they just attacked they just attacked uh the, the young bucks in the entranceway here like they, they the AEW has done more things when i'm watching side by side that makes me go you know i, I gotta put my full attention on, on them first yeah yeah dude the dark order stuff i love so much and, and i thought it was interesting last night too um uh, because uh aew started off with a nice long bout or no i'm sorry nxc started off with that nice long bout that was the cruiserweight match aew started off with probably the fastest match they've ever had with uh moxie just coming out and and beating that guy real quickly, right? And then his his buddy as well. Um, yes. Yeah. Right. You also caught that. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I what I also caught. Never mind. Also the quick match, but a lot of times AEW when they start, you know, they will show us a recap package, or they will show you know their formal intro. They get that. This is the first time they beat NXT to the punch. Normally NXT moves quicker and gets to gets to the business quicker. Whether it's somebody in the ring, whether it's whatever. AEW finally be AEW just right out the gate went zero to sixty with Mox. Here, here comes Moxley through the crowd, um, and so that was a real advantageous start for AEW. Yeah, what do you think of the tease of will or will not Moxley join the inner circle? Do you like this storyline? Do you do you buy it? Do you think it intrigues you at all? Well, I, I don't think any. I don't think anybody has any like. Oh, is he going to join? I think what it is is you know they've announced as we'll talk about their next pay per view being at the end of February. Sure. So it, now it begs the question with some of these big storylines like you know is 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 Moxley versus Jericho not going to be until then? And if that's the case, I understand doing these little things like toying with him. Hey, do you want to join the inner circle? And you know he's not going to join, but <laughs> he can then go through the gauntlet of trying to take on each and every member of the inner circle until he gets to. Jericho at the end of February. Um, same thing with, you know, MJF and Cody, you know, MJF's going <clears> to <throat> give the stipulations on January 1st in Jacksonville. So does that mean that's going to be, is that payoff going to be a big main event on a dynamite episode in January, or is that going to be again, extended to end of February? So I, I, I'm fine with it. You know, they, they have to, they got to stretch some things out, slow, slow build, slow milk. See, part of me kind of thinks he may join it because, like, he hates Tony Khan and the way the Bucks keep him down and everything. And maybe Jericho's like, I can offer you a better path. 
you know so there's a little I, there's a little believability to it me, to me with this one but yeah i can't i can't see moxie joining up with this i don't know though you know again i don't know maybe you don't think mm, so uh, no nah, i i don't okay um well before we get to you know what let's let's talk about that then we'll get to the other AEW note here we'll, we'll bump it down the list yeah AEW announced that their next pay-per-view is going to take place on saturday february 29th in my backyard of chicago illinois at the wind trust arena tickets are going to go on sale friday december 20th and i actually got wind of this justin on like monday night i had a i had a bird fly onto my shoulder and and say February 29th, there's going to be an AEW show at the Wintrust Arena. And so we asked around a little bit, couldn't get a comment from AEW. We did run a report there on Wednesday afternoon. It turned to be, it, it turned out to be pretty spot on. Now, I did not know what, I knew it was going to be a show. I didn't know if it was going to be a pay-per-view or like a BNR Live event. I had speculated it was going to be a BNR Live event, but it turns out this is going to be one of their, I guess, big four pay-per-views. And that would mean, because I know they're going to do another pay-per-view in Chicago, because they'll do double or nothing or, or all out again in Chicago. So are, are half their big pay per views going to be in Chicago? That doesn't seem right to me. That doesn't. That doesn't seem to make why sense. Why not? Chicago sells well. So <laughs> I don't know. Not? It just it seems a little odd to me. I don't know. So. Well, I mean, you know, there was a. I mean, look. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it, look, Chicago does well for me. I really don't. You know, it, it, I'm, I. I mean, I'm not there. You are, but it it, it doesn't. If you're gonna if you're gonna stake root somewhere and and going back and you know letting, you know, uh, if if that's gonna be their version of, of Madison Square Garden and I'm, I'm well, speaking like old terms here, I mean that's not a bad place to go. Well, Chicago. And, and the Wind Trust Arena is actually in downtown Chicago, like Allstate Arena. That's out in Rosemont, uh, right. Hoffman Estates. I think is where the other one is at uh, with the Sears Center there. So this is like the first proper in Chicago show, and the only other time. Uh, WWE ran the United Center uh, a year or so ago. That was the only other show that was like properly in Chicago, other than like an NXT show they did at a smaller venue. So I'm personally excited to be able to just like take a decent car ride to go see this thing. Uh, but also, this is going to be the same weekend as C2E2. They've announced a partnership with C2E2. I was surprised with this pay-per-view release announcement that they didn't announce that it would be in conjunction with C2E2, which is what they did at the CEO Gaming Festival and Fighter Fest. Uh, maybe that will still happen, but the Wintrust Arena is literally attached to McCormick Place, which is where C2E2 is being held. So you're going to have the largest Comic-Con and Entertainment Expo in the Midwest going on literally a corridor away from where this show is going on. I mean, the audience is built in there Saturday night to literally walk from one place over to another. Which is interesting that they're having that when up to this point, AEW's had StarCast as like their 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 con that's been attached to it and i think i saw conrad on twitter somebody asked him uh starcast in chicago in february and he said no so i'm wondering if that's why because this is already going on and that's just an interesting you know yeah it would be tough to compete against c2e2 <laughs> um yeah uh, and it, it you know and just selfishly i'll say this is good i always get uh media credentialed for c2e2 the past few years early just because i do it every year uh, so I'm stoked, man. I'm already I'm already credentialed. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'll be double credentialed here, and we're gonna get some great coverage of this show for the site. I can guarantee that you're gonna get a lot of AEW interviews and coverage on the uh, on the site and here on the on the weekly. So uh, stay tuned. So when are the so when are the so what so the big four for AEW is it gonna be what May, September, November, February? That is that gonna be the months of, I, I of pay per views? I don't. If I had to bet money, I bet we see five or six pay-per-views from AEW in 2020. This doesn't feel 
I don't know. It, it feels too early. It feels like it's in the same market that they just ran. I feel, and I, I just, uh, my gut says they, they won't be able to stick to just doing four shows next year, four pay per views. Yeah. Yeah. Because this, again, if like you're going to do another Chicago show so soon after another Chicago show, this would seemingly make for the perfect BNR Live like free stream like they did with Fighter Fest. But, you know, again, they're not, are they not going to do that anymore? Are all those smaller events now going to become pay per views? Because then, again, it's like, I see more than four pay-per-views each year. They did more than four big shows last year, I think. Or maybe they did you know how du- Yeah. Go ahead. You know how WWE is referred to as New York? Everybody the business is, oh, I'm going to New York. I'm going to New York. Oh, I wonder if we could just start referring to AW Chicago. Oh, I'm going to Chicago. I'm going to Chicago. Dude, it's... That's this, what it's turning into. It's a place to be, man. <laughs> just don't park your car outside the Logan Square Auditorium unless there's security around. All right. Um, also, here we got two other notes here coming <laughs> out of the AEW tapings. Uh, during last night's AEW Dark tapings after Dynamite... Uh, finished up, fans noticed that former MLW middleweight champion Teddy Hart was in the crowd. Now, Hart was released from MLW last week after reportedly asking several times since late November for his release. Hart was Hart uh, uh, had reportedly felt disrespected by the company after they didn't back him up after alleg- allegations of his ex-girlfriend going missing in 2016. And since then, Hart has missed a few shows that caused more tension between the two sides. Hart also showed up in the crowd at an NXT event last month while he was still MLW World Middleweight Champion. He had his Persian cat with him as well. Uh, PW Insider uh, reached out to MLW. They gave the following quote uh, ab- about Teddy. They said, uh, we felt Teddy was being not only disrespectful to us, but to AEW and NXT and their locker rooms. If he had just been in the back, it's a non-issue. He was taken away from the talent in the ring with the antics too. Now, Justin, what do you think is going on here? Is Teddy Hart just buying tickets to shows i can't imagine that the companies don't know he's there and are signing off on him doing exactly what mlw is accusing which is becoming a distraction away from what's going on in the ring i i don't know i i i, I i've never met teddy hart uh i've i only know what i've heard and what i've read which he sounds like he's just uh, he, he he's he's just in his own world um <laughs> I don't know. I it, 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 and location too. They were in what Garland, Texas last night. It just seemed like a rant. Like I don't know where Teddy Hart resides. Uh, like you know, on a on a week to week, month to month basis, it just seems so random. Like he's in Garland, Texas at the AEW show. I don't know. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe he's just planning on buying tickets and making noise until they decide to to pick him up. It's a I don't know. This stuff never works, right? Like going this route, grandstanding traditionally does not work. And uh, he's got those sparkly jumpsuits on. And, I, I mean, I guess maybe he got let into full sail with the cat because he's like, it's an emotional support animal. I have to have it. I don't know. This is weird. Weird. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, he's just, like, I just kind of wonder, like, what, the guy's, I'm looking here, the guy's 39 years old. Uh, he's getting ready to turn 40 in February. I mean, like, what? What what else does he expect? Like at this point, like I mean, he's at that he's going, yeah, and that age wise, you're going to the you're going into the final years of your career. Traditionally, I mean, he's had a very controversial, checkered, you know, there's always always seems to be something attached to him. You now, know what I mean? Like something. But with even with that said, do you think that they do you think that WWE or AEW would pick him up? No. What is he, what does he have to offer them? The, the, they don't already have spectacle, high flying antics, cats. Like I don't know. <laughs> like, well, I well I I, I hate cats. Uh, that strike for me there. I don't I don't. Um, I'm just not a cat person. I love cats, um, but I don't like when he threw the cat in the air like 15 feet WrestleMania week, and he gets a little ridiculous with the cats. Now I have I've or I've worked with Teddy. I've hung out with Teddy at parties and stuff. 
He was always largely pretty cool to me, but I've seen him be dicks to people, and I can't ignore all the stories that are out there. I find it tough to believe that somebody, like you said, would pick him up. I do just think he's just out there just trying to get attention and make noise and hope something comes of it. And uh, if that is the case, if I'm right, I would say don't do that and maybe find another way to build some positive energy around yourself and some momentum right now because this is not the way I think to jumpstart positive momentum if you find yourself a little stalled in your career. All right? So whatever So whatever happens, in 2016, his girlfriend goes disappearing. What did they ever find? Like whatever happened? I'm looking here. I'm looking here. Uh, details of disappearance. Last seen in Bartow, Florida, November 19, 2016. She has never been heard from again. Three children originally from Edmonton. Her boyfriend, mentor, Billy Hart. So, so she just. So, so the case remains unsolved. She says so she just fell off the face of the earth. I don't want to get into. I don't. I don't have all the. I, I guess I could do a deeper dive into this, and we could really do a look. Maybe we can do it next week or something into into this the allegations around Teddy. And I don't want to speak out of turn, but there is a lot of very dark stuff tied to that particular story. Um, and it is. It, it gives you pause at the very least uh, when reading it. That's unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Um, yeah, I don't know. But to the point, I, I don't know what him going to the crowd. I don't really don't know what you know what what he's going to accomplish. So I mean, the, the best of luck to him. But I, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a. I don't think it's going to end the way he wants it to end. Um, uh, also, by the way, a good friend of the show, uh, Austin radio host Stu Murick, uh, he shared a photo on Twitter last night from backstage at AEW, and he was with Vicky Guerrero, who I guess was just hanging out and visiting friends. She's from the Texas area, I believe. Um, but man, you know, another another person. It's like, oh wow, I don't know. She'd be. I love Vicky. She'd be fun for a spot or two if they wanted to use her. Oh, Vicky's great. Vicky's great. I mean, she. I mean, one of the nicest people in the world. But I mean, every time people hear that, excuse me. I mean, it just you know, it just gets a reaction. She she did great. Did a great. You know, I don't know. She did great work for, for somebody who I don't think. I'm speaking obviously in her WWE time. I, you know, I don't. When they first started using her on screen, I don't. I know I did not expect. Uh, I did not expect her to make the mark that she did for the length of time that she did. So can you imagine? Remember how Jericho had Virgil come out like two weeks ago and and bring him to the ring? <laughs> can you imagine if Vicky Guerrero came out and told everyone, "Excuse me," and introduced Jericho? I feel like that would be like some of the biggest heat of of the year. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, anyway, Hell again, yeah. I, I'd be all for that. Little things, little things. Who, who knows? She's probably got a great relationship with well, WWE, may, so whatever. Maybe she, maybe she screams excuse me and brings out Teddy Hart and this cat. Oh, good. Yeah, there it is. Uh, Wrestling Observer reporting. We'll get back to WWE stuff here. Uh, Wrestling Observer reporting that recently suspended WWE superstar Robert Roode uh, was scheduled to team with Dolph Ziggler to face the New Day at the WWE TLC pay-per-view this upcoming Sunday for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Now, this was as of last week. Following the suspension, the match was changed, and the New Day will now defend their titles against the Revival at TLC. Now, the Wellness policy violation was the first for Rude, and there's still no uh, word yet on what substance he tested positive for. Um, but opportunity lost for Rude. They threw in the Revival here. I mean, this is... The, the and, opportun and, opportun and opportunity loss for Ziggler. This is what I always... I, I've always noted this. You know, when you're in a tag team, um, you know, it's especially hard for like, you know, if like you're like, like when you're the, when you're the Usos, when you're twins and you're, and you're really linked when you're in a tag team, your actions and, and your, your actions, you know, your attitude, your, your actions, are, it's not just you. It's now the person who's making money with you, your tag team partner. So this is a lost opportunity, a potential lost, uh, you know, payday for, for Ziggler. So, I mean, 
not just root here. Yeah, well, and with with Dolph though, I mean, he's he's stucco. He can be put in anywhere, right, to keep the foundation going. I, he's he's paired fine with Corbin. I think they're they work well together. I, you know, the whole thing with Ziggler and Root was kind of thrown together anyway. I, I mean, I get the argument. I guess more so if it was like it's like when the Usos or the or the Hardys or if uh, Dawson uh, messed up, then yeah, I would feel bad for Dash, right? But with Root and Ziggler, they're yeah. both standalones. I, I just it doesn't have the same bite to me that I think Ziggler's going to be punished for the woes of Root. If anything, this could open up um, opportunity for Dolph Ziggler. Isn't it wild? We're getting ready to go into 2020. If I if I asked you, Nick, in 2015, is Dolph Ziggler still going to be at WWE in 2020? Because I feel like we constantly were always hearing the rumors of, you know, you know, Ziggler's going to leave or Ziggler's contract's coming up or, or he, you know, they would not have him on TV for a while. Then he'd pop back up and, you know, it was always the conversation of him being underused and, and, um, it's it just, I mean, good for him. And I'm sure he's obviously made millions at this point, but you know, I just, that's kind of wild. I was thinking about this going into 2020 and Ziggler's still going strong. Dude, Ziggler. And by the way, if you're ever in town for a big WWE event, one of the big four, he's usually doing his comedy show right after whatever the major pay-per-view is. It's so funny. He brings in all these wrestlers. They drink a whole bunch. They fight each other. They tell jokes. They, a lot of ripping on each other. I mean, I am a bigger Dolph Ziggler fan now, having seen his comedy shows, than I was just watching him as a wrestler. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, Showbuzz Daily reporting. The Tuesday's episode of WWE Backstage on FS1 at 11 p.m. Eastern drew 127,000 viewers. This is down 8% from last week. Uh, And that show last week featured Seth Rollins as the guest. This week, they had Baron Corbin and analyst CM Punk, who returned after a breakaway from the show. Now, uh, it should also be noted that this is a 29% drop from the 180,000 viewers the show drew the last time Punk was on as an analyst. Uh, the show this week uh, ranked 128 on the cable top 150 with a .06 in the 18 to 49. Uh, this is down from last week's, which ranked uh, 103 with a .08 rating. Um, the Backstage is a good show. Punk is good at this. They are on an island at this time slot, and they need to get a lead-in tomorrow yesterday you know i think that's really all well, that's yeah here yeah that is what the problem is i mean to see that the numbers went down and it's a week that punk is back on um yeah i mean look i mean punk's punk's uh, so, you know it's only been a couple weeks you've seen him his analysis is very good <laughs> at least to most people except for lana his analysis is very good uh you know he's not he's not doing he's not he's not doing what people want he's not uh he's not He's not taking like, you know, he's not, he's not having a pipe bomb moment. He's not shooting on Vince and the company. He's not setting and giving any hints for a match. He's just being an analyst. Exactly what he's, what we've talked about at length that he wants to do and how it was pitched to him by Fox. Um, yeah, but it's the time. And like I said, it, 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 there's nothing to lead into it. 11 o'clock on a Tuesday. Uh, but it, it hopefully will be fine. Cause like I said to you before, I think after mania, they're going to, Fox is going to move SmackDown two back to Tuesday. And so that will, I think, do wonders and, and help for the overall viewership and interest in WWE backstage. Uh, we brought up how Lana doesn't like punk's commentary. Uh, well, punk tweeted out loser keeps at Lana WWE match. Just booked you through mania Chica. You're welcome. Rusev hashtag WWE backstage to wit. Lana responded. I know you've been away from WWE for several years. Perhaps moving forward, you will favor WWE and FS1 by refraining from misogynistic comments like Chica. Thank you. Hashtag WWE backstage. So I think she thought she was being, being talked down to there uh, with that little comment. So I don't think Punk's. I looked at his tweets. I looked at his Twitter feeds. Dude has not tweeted since she got back and, and said that to him. Just, just for whatever that's worth. He has not tweeted since this comment. 
<laughs> he was somewhat joking, but his booking, his the long form, the long term booking that he pitched was quite hilarious. So uh, yeah. again, it did not paint Lana in a favorable picture. In fact, it painted her in a shark cage at WrestleMania, and a loser has to has to hang on to her as a manager because they all can't yeah. stand her. So but, I can see where she's already annoyed. But well, but at the same, uh, it was funny to the same at the same time. Like your punk, he just released a poster in the past twenty four hours because I was looking at his feed again. Um, for a new movie called Rabid, which is going to be he's starring in. He's listed on the poster. It's like the follow-up to uh, The Girl on the Third Floor, I believe is what it was uh, called, the, the last movie he was in. So he's still trying to work in, in showbiz and, and do movies, and this is like his side hustle. Being accused of misogyny, even if it is in the wacky world of WWE, maybe not what Hollywood producers would pre- prefer he be being called, if that, is, uh, if that resonates at all. Yeah, yeah, no, it's certainly. Uh, uh, I, and the hard thing with Lana is, is is you can never tell. Like, is she was she really serious about that, or is she just is she just being the character that she's currently being right now on TV, where she's you know, screaming that you know this that Rusev is a sex addict, and she's screaming this and screaming that. So it's it's even hard to it's even hard to tell like how how serious it's supposed to be, or was she texting CM Punk right after the tweet and said, "Ha ha ha, this is funny." Uh, I doubt that. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, lastly, you don't, you don't think you don't think you don't think Lana and Punk are text buddies? Maybe they are. I I don't know. I mean, it seems Rusev seems like somebody he would like, so I could see him maybe getting along with Lana. I don't I don't really know Lana. You've you've met Lana. Right? Here's a fun fact. Here's okay. here's a fun fact. La, uh, 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 Rusev's uh, first uh, the main roster match was CM Punk's last match. It was the Rumble here in uh, in, in in Pittsburgh in 2014. Rusev. Uh, made he he was he made a, a cameo in that rumble match where at the time he was just down in NXT. Huh. All right. Uh, and lastly, here our final note before we get to our slew of interviews. Uh, WWE is teasing the following regarding Roman Reigns for tomorrow night's SmackDown. Roman Reigns was left. Uh, Roman Reigns was left battered, covered in dog food, and tied to the ring post at the hands of King Corbin and Dolph Ziggler at the end of last week's SmackDown. Now the big dog is ready to be unchained. Uh, this isn't like real news, but I just really loved the phrase Roman Reigns was left battered, covered in dog food and tied to a ring post. It just sounds wrong. It just sounds weird. What do you make of the Reigns Corbin stuff? Are you digging it? I mean, this is old school, old school, old school heel heat that Corbin's going for. <laughs> Corbin's a great heel. Uh, I just love that. I live in a world uh, that uh, the big dog is ready to be unchained. Teddy Hart will probably be sitting fifth row with his cat, and uh, all of our all of our pets' heads are falling off. Oh, and dude, and whatever's in Rowan's cage, man, that's probably going to be the thing that wins the big animal brawl. That's it. My guest at this time is the founder and wrestling reporter for WrestlingAC.com, based in Saudi Arabia, and he also attended the most recent crown jewel. It is Mr. King. Mr. King, welcome to Wrestling Inc. Swinkly. Thank you very much, Mr. Hassan. It's my honor to be a guest for you. And uh, yeah, I've been almost in every single wrestling show in Saudi Arabia, and I'm so honored to be here. Well, that's incredible, Mr. King, you know, because we have a lot of questions here in America about these shows in Saudi Arabia. There's a lot of interest, I should say, on, on the uh, the relationship between WWE and Saudi Arabia. Does that surprise you to hear me say, to hear me say that to you? Uh, it's not surprising because uh, we hold a lot of huge wrestling shows in Saudi Arabia. I've been known the business for almost now 
maybe 10 to 12 years. So I know when we had a huge wrestling shows like this here in Saudi Arabia, I think it's a little bit a huge difference for everyone uh, outside of Saudi Arabia and outside U.S. Okay, well, you know, that's a good place for us to start, Mr. King. Can you talk to me a little bit about what the pro wrestling scene is like in Saudi Arabia? Do you guys have independent wrestling in Saudi Arabia? Well, yet we don't have any wrestling independence. We just had the first wrestling independent organization here in Saudi Arabia, and they held the first show uh, last uh, the beginning of this November. So we don't have any wrestling organization before or any promotions here as an independent scene. Nothing at all. So we are hoping that we can see a huge wrestling shows, a huge wrestling promotions here in Saudi Arabia, because that will help a lot of talents to grow here in Saudi Arabia. Well, that's, that's cool to hear. So wait, just last month, Saudi Arabia had its first independent wrestling show. Tell me a little bit about it. What's the name of the company? Yes. Did you did you get to see uh, that show? Uh, I, I went to that show. It, it's called SPW, Saudi Pro Wrestling. Okay. It's the first wrestling independent uh, organization in Saudi Arabia. And we're really, uh, really proud about what they did. They're young wrestling Saudi talents. All of them were Saudi. They thought that they can achieve something huge. And they did a really good uh, at the beginning. It's a, it's, a, it's a little small show at the beginning, but we know that's the beginning of every wrestling organization in the world. So I attended that show. I was uh, also a part of the backstage uh, team there, and they did a very good job. It's not the 100% show, but I think that was a quite good start for them. Really? And so what kind of uh, pro wrestling do you feel like fans in Saudi Arabia enjoy? What kind of styles do you think that, that Saudi fans enjoy? They are very passionate about the business. I mean, when we held the first wrestling live show in Saudi Arabia, I think it was in 2013 here in Saudi Arabia, almost every arena was sold out. It was a two-night um, live event, and we're sold out. The next year, they hold a live event in Saudi Arabia in Jeddah, and for Alina, for almost 10,000 people were attended, and they sold it out, all of it. Yeah. So when we saw that, passionate people in Saudi Arabia. They didn't have any relationship with Saudi Arabia at that time, any partnership. It was nothing at that time. So when they uh, they just started in 2017, they didn't do any live shows. In 2018, they announced the partnership, the huge partnership that the, the Saudi General Sports Authority did with the WWE. It's a huge, huge partnership. They had a lot of great wrestling shows here as a pay-per-view, not just the live events, and was televised here in the Middle East for free. And we saw... And everyone in Middle East saw the huge wrestling shows here. And every every single person here, as a wrestling guy, uh, as wrestling fans, they were really passionate about what WWE did. And almost you can you can see the the amount of people who come to each and every show. They love this because they will pay from their money. They will cut their time. They will leave every single thing in their lives just to went to go to these uh, shows. So as as a as a person who works for the wrestling um, industry as a journalist, I, I knew what's the difference between holding a wrestling show in Saudi Arabia and the, and the difference when you hold a wrestling show in another country than Saudi Arabia. So these people here in Middle East are very passionate about the business. So each and every single time, we hear a very hardcore chance in the, between the crowds. So I, I was real surprised when I saw them because I didn't thought, I, I was like a lonely wrestling fan here in Saudi Arabia. I didn't thought that these guys here in Saudi Arabia are really passionate. So I was really surprised about the amount of people who love this business here. Wow. Uh, so talk to me a little about what it's like to be a journalist, a pro wrestling journalist in Saudi Arabia. Uh, and, you know, how accessible is WWE to you? I see you got a lot of you got a lot of interviews with big names when they came over there. <laughs> that's that's huge. As a journalist, as a wrestling journalist in Saudi Arabia, I've been working in, in the business from 2013. 
I think. And I started as um, as a journalist, just a normal like anyone other in the world. And I was reporting about the news, analyzing the, and we, we spoke about the wrestling shows and about the weekly Raw, SmackDown, SmackDown, NXT, and every single wrestling show. So when I saw it, it was a little bit hard, you know, there's, I didn't thought that there is a lot of wrestling fans here in Saudi Arabia until 2018, 2017. I knew that there's people who love this business. There's my, my numbers and, and my website and the numbers of my YouTube channel, every single place, it was growing really fast after that time. So when we got the the amount of people who love the, the business here, I was really surprised and I was really happy about the people who know me. They, they they understand about the business and they know what is the business, the truth of the business. Because a lot of people are, you know, the casual wrestling shows, they don't know 100% of the wrestling, but when they know it and you know that there's people knows about the wrestling 100% and hard to call about it, they attended each and every single show that you attended, that's really touched me as a wrestling fan and touched me as a wrestling journalist who has been working in this business for almost now six or seven years. So when you're working on, on uh, you know, these pro wrestling pieces, I mean, I guess the, one of the questions I'd like to ask is, you know, what kind of accessibility do people have to your coverage? How, how accessible is the Internet in Saudi Arabia? And is there any censorship that goes on with any of your work? Well, the internet access in Saudi Arabia is like any other country in the world. We got access to everything we want. So there's no limit thing that we got we don't access to. So anything we can access to. And I, I can watch wrestling for any wrestling organization show. I can watch it. So I'm really grateful about the, the time that I got to watch wrestling here in Saudi Arabia and the internet access. And even how I got the interviews and the the weeks that we got, the WWE and the Saudi General Sports Authority and now the General um Entertainment Authority in Saudi Arabia, they hold a media event before each and every single pay-per-view. Yeah. And they uh, they told the media staff to come to what to do an interviews and to promote the show here in Middle East for the any platform that can uh, promote the show. So yeah. we got an invitation from them and the, and we went to each and every media event because <laughs> I mean please, it's a it's a dream thing happened to us. And you know, for me as a journalist to you during an interview with Hulk Hogan, it was something unbelievable to me. I, I mean, in the middle of the interview, I was looking at the face of Hulk Hogan and I said, I can't believe this. And Hogan laughed and smiled in my face because that's huge, you know. I didn't even thought that I can do something like this in a very small time. I've been working in the business for almost six, five years right now. And I got this access to be in front of Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair. And before I got to interview Seth Rollins, and Mansoor and other wrestling um, huge names of the WWE. So we got it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great, man. Now, uh, now I want to ask you a little bit about the ticketing for the show. Now, there's been a lot of questions about how fans acquire tickets. Now, do you buy them online? Do you get them at the door? Are they given out? Like, how do, how do the fans go about getting tickets for these events? Well, all the events was almost uh, online. Uh, they they bought the tickets online, and I bought it a lot of it. Um, the first two shows, the first two pay-per-views were sold out. Every single ticket that got out. I mean, uh, the Crown Jewel, the second Crown Jewel, was happening in 2018. Um, the event was sold out in four hours, just four hours, and it was really crazy. I hate to jump in, but how how far before the show did the tickets go on sale? Was it a week or a month? How how much before the how long before the show? Well, before the show, the, there's a little bit different it's because the first three shows was maybe two weeks earlier of the show. The last show, the Crown Jewel, was, I think, uh, a week before. 
it what? wasn't, you know, early. So, so it was a little bit of a problem for us. Yeah, is that traditional for events in Saudi Arabia that tickets go on sale so late? Because that's very odd for us here in America to see how the tickets are kind of being sold that way, I guess. It's not how we do it over here. Well, it depends on the company that's actually um, doing the show. Because it's not about the WWE. It's not the WWE are uh, selling the tickets, I think. Because mm-hmm. um, there's another company who take the tickets and sell it in Saudi Arabia. So maybe they will take a little a bit late. So not even uh, a music concerts that got uh, tickets earlier. Because it's it's simple as the, the company who took the ticket and sell it to the fans. So as a person, I was actually, I'm, I'm from another city that's far, far away from the cities that hold the huge wrestling shows. I mean, Riyadh and Jeddah are far, far away from me. So I need to take a flight to go there. So I, I was really nervous about not taking the ticket for the same show that I need to attend a week before. I was really freaked that I didn't get the ticket. But I got it before the show of the show. So it was good. Okay. And so talk to me a little bit about travel in Saudi Arabia. Now, you say you were a little nervous getting the ticket a week before. Now, obviously, there was this big story that broke about how the talent had troubles getting back to the United States. Are travel issues pretty common in Saudi Arabia, like the issues that the, the superstars under ha- uh, underwent? Well, to be honest about the travel issue, there's no official um, uh, statement about it, but I think, from my opinion, it's a, it's a, paper, uh, it's a paper problem. So AJ Styles also spoke about it. It's, it's a paperwork problem because i think i think i don't know i'm not sure about these words but it, it when you take a visa work for a couple of days and your flight didn't uh take you out of the country it will be a little bit of, um a little bit of problem yeah. so maybe there's that that's the problem it's a paperwork they couldn't leave the there's i think a hotel inside the airport they slept there and they took another flight so i think the problem the problem was at the at the plane itself. So it was broken. I don't know what's the problem inside of it. Got it. But I think the problem was from the plan and uh, they were supposed to leave. But the team stopped it and they said, this, this is not safe to leave. This plane is not safe for you to leave. And they stopped it. And, and thank God they know this before they leave Saudi Arabia because it would be a huge problem if yeah. something happened to these lovely guys. Yeah, you, don't, you don't want to be in the air and find out your, your fuel line is broken, I guess. So wait, that's kind of interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. The hotel that they stayed at in Saudi Arabia was actually a hotel at the airport. You're not, they're not, they didn't have to like leave the airport and go far away to get to a hotel. It sounds like it was kind of – I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they got out uh, outside the airport. Uh, I, I was the uh, inside the hotel that – they were in the Hilton. Um, oh, you were at the same the hotel. hotel. You were at the same hotel. Not, the, not the, I, I, the same hotel. They actually uh, got in at the, at the when the Crown Jewel show happened. Yeah, it was on Tuesday and Wednesday, and even on Friday. I was, I was in the hotel. I was going for there, and I was. I also catch some wrestlers in the lobby, guys like Bobby Lashley. So I didn't do anything. Uh, as um as a pro uh, as a professional guy, I don't want to interrupt anyone. So I don't know if they came back to the Hilton again, but uh, or they stayed in the airport. I'm not sure about that because um, okay. at that time <laughs> I wasn't actually um, available to be there. That's crazy, man! You got to just like see Bobby Lashley in the in the lobby and stuff like that. Do they seem like? <laughs> I mean, I mean, were they very friendly? Were they getting mobbed by fans and things like that? Did people know who they were? I guess. Um, not almost not every single person knows about him. You know, as as a wrestling fan, when I saw Bob Lashley, you know, I watch wrestling every single week. I saw them on TV, but but when you see them uh, in front of you, it's like it's a crazy thing. You know, it's something like from your dream. And I 
I was a little bit freaked out inside of me, but I didn't act like that. So I was really professional about that. Even in Crown Jewel last year, I saw Hulk Hogan in front of me, Undertaker in front of me. No one, a little bit people, who knows actually who is Hulk Hogan and the Undertaker. But for me, I was freaked out. I mean, God, I couldn't even stood up. That's, That's huge for me. Um, well, I got a question. Another question I have that I get a lot from because I'm asking you questions from a from a Westerner's perspective about these shows. Now, when Absolutely. we when we watch the shows, tell me a little bit about how the crowd is broken up. Who are these people that get to sit right down by the ring in these gigantic, comfortable chairs? Because I've never seen anything like that here in America. Well, uh, it's um, I don't know. I don't know about this uh, situation, but. Um... Actually, as a wrestling fan, we would like to be in the front row. Right. So every single wrestling fan uh, were actually spoken about in Twitter, and they were spoken about to all the managers and the stuff that working there because they were telling them, guys, please, we want to be in the front row, not these guys. Mm -hmm. So uh, they were actually uh, that's that's happened at the last uh, show, and yeah, I think the the next couple of shows that will be the same. Oh, you, so you think more fans will be ringside here in the coming years? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Absolutely, I think. Because I, I was actually at ringside. I was around ringside, so it was a little bit easier. Oh, man. Did you get one of the big comfortable chairs that everybody gets to sit in? Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> it was. Oh, man. That's no, 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 not, not the comfortable, the one, the wide one. No, I was sitting in a normal wrestling seat. Oh. No, not oh. those comfortable white. <laughs> I was about to say, I can't, I can't think of a more luxurious way to watch a wrestling show than in a giant couch like chair it just looks very comfortable you know <laughs> i wish that i wish i could <laughs> um now talk who now obviously the big moment here on the show this past time around at crown jewel was that natalia and lacey evans had the first ever women's pro wrestling match in saudi arabia what what was it like for you to get to watch that match live in person well that was a history making moment because uh, the women uh, in Saudi Arabia now got the available to do a lot of stuff in Saudi Arabia and they got a lot of uh, availability to be uh, do a lot of stuff in Saudi Arabia they weren't available before like driving cars and others so i think uh, doing this match between Lazy Evans and Natalia in Saudi Arabia gives a lot of uh, a lot of touched moment to the women to do something huge to do something um, they can achieve their dreams could be true here in Saudi Arabia. So this is the beginning uh, of a new age. So I think this is a huge, a huge thing for the women in Saudi Arabia, a huge thing for us as the Saudis here. Do you anticipate we'll see more women's wrestling in Saudi Arabia going forward? Or do you think this was a one-off and, and it'll be a little while before we see another one? Well, I don't know, but uh, I think it must be a little bit of uh, wrestling, um, uh, women's wrestling in Saudi Arabia, because that has to be, because every single wrestling show in the world, or almost every single wrestling show has a women's division. But in Saudi Arabia, we didn't have a wrestling division. Uh, yes, and uh, this is uh, huge for us for watching uh, women's wrestling in Saudi Arabia. So I think this has really touched uh, the women here in Saudi Arabia and give them uh, hope to do something huge, to achieve their dreams here in Saudi Arabia and give them the access to do what they want, actually. And why do you think it took so long for a women's wrestling match to happen in Saudi Arabia? It was, you know, they've been buzzing about it happening for the past couple of years that they wanted to do it. Well, um, I think the difference of the culture, um, the culture, our culture is a little bit different than any other culture in the world and our religion um, rules here in Saudi Arabia. It's, it's different than any other um, religion. So it's, it was uh, a thing to respect our culture, to respect our uh, religion. Okay. So the WWE actually respected that and they gave the women um, a suitable 
um, clothes and they wear uh, the match. And this is uh, this is a good touch from the WWE. Actually, that happened actually in the Abu Dhabi live event a years ago. So correct. Um, it's just uh, the difference between us. Now, do you do you um, did you hear a lot of positive about the women's wrestling match, or were there some people that were upset that it happened? Well, a lot of people was uh, really happy about it, and absolutely, there's a lot of people who didn't have, were uh, happy about it. So this is a normal thing. When you chase something in any uh, place in the world, there not 100% people will be agree with you. Yeah. So absolutely, there is um, guys who agree, or there's a guys who disagree with this. So I truly understand their opinion. I truly understand their uh, their words at this station because a little bit different. The change in the the country a little bit different for them, so we have to respect their opinion. Have you been enjoying the change? Have you felt like because I know in the past few years uh, there there does seem to have been attempt uh, to try to westernize uh, Saudi Arabia a little bit. Do you feel that change yourself in the past few years? Absolutely, the change is really huge for us. I'm really happy about the change because a lot of things that we didn't were able. We didn't have any ability to do a lot of stuff that it's, it's an entertainment to us. So last weekend, we had an Alan Walker Imagine Dragons music concert in Saudi Arabia. That's a dream for me. I didn't go there, but I was really crazy about it. I mean, these cinema concerts, we didn't have any movie uh, places that we can watch movies. So the last month, I watched Joker, and it was uh, a dream comes true for me to attend uh, a movie. Uh, concert and it's 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 huge it's a huge difference and a huge change here in Saudi Arabia so I'm really happy there's a lot of stuff happening here and the general entertainment authority here in Saudi Arabia are doing a huge a huge work to change the uh, a lot of things here in Saudi Arabia so a lot of events are holding here in Saudi Arabia not just in wrestling Um, it's good to hear Mr. King now one of the things I want to ask you about too on on uh, on the note of the women so like when you're when you're watching wrestling from around the world you know, how do segments like the Lana Lashley Rusev stuff? Do you watch that? Is it censored in Saudi Arabia? Like, what 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 happens with that kind of content? Well, it depends on the person itself because uh, not everyone same agree to the same uh, thing. So uh, for me, as personally, this is uh, this is a, f- a fake storyline. As as a wrestling fan, I don't like that at yeah. all. Uh, it's it's a storytelling, and I understand Rusev, Lana, and uh, Ru, uh, and Bobby Lashley about the story. But as a wrestling fan, I don't like this. Is uh, hampering actually for Rusev and Lana. They had they have a really good relationship. So yeah. don't do stuff like that for them. Uh, maybe it will affect the relationship truly. Okay. So that's why I'm really afraid for Rusev and Lana. Now, does does Monday Night Raw air in Saudi Arabia and SmackDown? Do or in the paper? Um, yeah. It was aired before when uh, OSN got the contract for the WWE and Middle East here. They actually, it was a paid con- a paid channel, so I had to pay almost uh, $100, $150 per month to watch the Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, and the the WWE content. Okay. So I uh, they stopped. The, I think the contract was expired or something. They stopped it for now for almost um, six months, uh, nine months. We didn't have any channel to air the wrestling content, the WWE content mm. here in Middle East. So we're still waiting. I'm actually waiting for that. Okay. And when the content airs in the Middle East, it, it, is there edits? Do they edit stuff out like this? Or do you only get to watch like the Lana last no. year? Or st- okay, okay, that airs. No, there's okay. uh, no, that airs. Everything was airs. Oh. Nothing, no edits at all. Wow. That's kind of surprising considering yeah. the lengths that they went to kind of – uh, shield the women, I guess, at the live events thus far. 
No, it was aired, every single thing we saw. And <laughs> there is nothing because OSN was a paid uh, channel. So we watched everything. Nothing was stopped, actually. Huh. And, and now uh, there was a report that there was like a delay on the footage for Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia the day of. Did you hear anything about that? Do you know what I'm talking about? I heard about that because when I came home, my family told me that I was actually taking photos of something that they're not watching on TV. I was taking pictures of something earlier. So I think there is a little bit delay, maybe 30 minutes, I think. Okay. I don't know, 40 minutes. I'm not sure about it, but there is some delay, yeah. Do you have any idea why there was a delay? Was it just like a, a censorship issue or not? Like, I mean, in case anything happened, you can cut away or anything like that. Do you know why it happened, the delay? I don't know about that, but in case there's something happened, it wouldn't be a delay for 30 minutes. God damn it. That's very, very long. Okay. If, if there's something they can cut it, maybe minutes or two, but 30 minutes, that's huge. And so wait, so that's, so again, that's not, that's not a common thing that you would have a, a half hour delay like that. No, that's not common. Absolutely. This okay. is really a strange thing. Okay. Um, and uh, let's see here. What do you think about, uh, um, I'm going to try to get his last name correctly here. What does it mean? Do you see... Mansour Al Shalil, did I get that last name right? Ash Shahil with ha. Okay. <laughs> Mansour Ash Shahil, yes. is that better? Yes. Ash Shahil, yes, that's better. I appreciate. You, you need that. to uh, you need to spell ha in Arabic. Okay, Mansour Al Shalil. Uh, what does it mean to you to see him competing in WWE and to have Saudi Arabia represented uh, with a superstar? Well. Well, Mansour Sher is uh, actually one of the kindest people that I ever met. I met him multiple times. Um, he's really uh, a good guy. As a as a person, as a Saudi wrestling fan, I'm really proud about what Mansoor did in the WWE, what he's been doing in NXT. And uh, I think what did what Mansoor did actually in the WWE, it's, it's not um, a long time since Mansoor signed with the WWE. I think he didn't even... He just had one year and a half in the company, so he learned a lot in the in this small amount of time in the WWE. He was actually wrestling as a Fabrino, I think his his name before the WWE. Mm -hmm. He was before an independent wrestling show in in America, I think in Florida. I'm not sure was the place that he was he were wrestling before, but uh, okay. he had a wrestling experience before, and he did a really huge job. And uh, for us, Mansoor shared every single time, every single. Uh, Saudi guy hears about Mansoor. Um, they spoke about him a lot, and they are really proud about what Mansoor did in each and every single show, and uh, and um, all of the shows, the previous show. So, in Super Showdown, in Crown Jewel, it was popped up. I mean, his name yeah. was trending in Saudi Arabia uh, for a day, maybe. So everyone wow. was spoken about uh, Mansoor, and they were really, really proud about him, and they wanted him to achieve something more. Man. Uh, and uh, lastly, I wanted to ask you, uh, how popular is AEW in Saudi Arabia? Do you keep up with AEW? <laughs> well, to be honest, AEW, uh, they are doing a, a really great job. Uh, Dynamite is one of the best wrestling shows we can say today. And Wednesday Night Wars is something uh, we could dream of. The AEW here in Saudi Arabia are very popular. You, you couldn't believe that, but there's a lot of people who speak about AEW. Even in the... Um, um, the media event that WWE held in Saudi Arabia, there were people who were wanting to ask an AEW questions. So I was I was one of the people who didn't want to ask about the AEW. I didn't want to upset the stuff there or upset the wrestling itself. Good, good call. Because, uh, Very good call. Yeah, Very good call. Very yeah, good because, call. Uh, because for me, we need to respect wrestlers. We need to respect the rules. We need to respect their 
opinions. So when we ask them about the questions, maybe the, the management will be upset about them. Guys, we didn't do stuff like that. We right. need to be very, very polite with them. So yeah. I was speaking to some, uh, some of the journalists there, and they were asking about wrestling is real or fake. And I took one of the journalists and I, and I told them, please, this is disrespectful for what? wrestling. Don't what? ask these questions. What? Please. It was a... What? I mean, really, that really touched me. There was a journalist. So, there was a journalist in Saudi Arabia that asked. Do you know which wrestler he asked that to? Um, he asked Mansoor actually. Oh, and Mansoor, yeah. <laughs> listen, Mansoor was really professional about the answer. He said, "We do a sport entertainment, and yeah. we just um, um, run around the question." He didn't answer very uh, wow. bravely, but I took the same journalist and I told him, "Please don't ask these questions." And I took some of the journalists, guys, please. These questions are disrespecting the business itself. Maybe if you ask someone other than Mansoor, it would take it really personally and would be a little bit of a problem. Yeah, you don't want to say that to Brock Lesnar. Um, no. <laughs> no, he, he might, uh, he might uh, not be very pleased with that. Now, real quickly, in Saudi Arabia, because like, there's parts of the world where people, the crowd thinks that it's more on the level than it is. In Saudi Arabia, there are a lot of people that think that WWE is, is real. Um, there is a lot of people actually thinking the WWE is real, and I was, uh, I mean, there's guys know that the wrestling is uh, is not 100% real, but when they know that the wrestling is not 100% uh, real, they left it or they just disrespect it. So when I was, you know, some guys asked me about why I travel to another um, city to watch wrestling, so you know, they asked me, you know, wrestling is fake, and I said, yes, I know, wrestling is fake, but I love it. So what can you do about that? Uh, so yeah, we love wrestling just like that. And there's, I think there's a lot of people who know wrestling is uh, uh, is not real, 100%. There's people who just know about it real. And I was confusing about the people. I actually told some people that wrestling is not 100% real. And some people tell me that, no, wrestling is real. I mean, did you saw The Undertaker when he hanged someone in the steel cage? I said, yeah, I saw that when he hanged Big Boss Man, but that's that's work <laughs> so sometimes when you describe wrestling to other people they don't understand it 100 percent. but um, i do what i can to do it's a new territory mr king it's a, yeah. new, it's a new market um and so yeah ba- <laughs> okay i'll go back to poke you one last time here you kind of took my aew question and made it about wwe i'm gathering yeah. a- i'm gathering aew really does not have much of a presence in saudi arabia from the way you phrased that. no it's no, no, it has. A lot okay. of people who actually spoke about AEW. Okay. And uh, we had also a lot of hashtags that AEW, ha- uh, actually, we spoke about AEW a lot. Mm-hmm. And I actually have a podcast and I spoke about AEW each and every single week. And I got to to talk with the, my uh, my followers and my um, fan base and every single guy who loves wrestling. We watched Dynamite together and yeah. we spoke about Dynamite. There's a lot of people. Actually, in Crown Jewel, I don't remember the match specifically. But some people were chanting AEW. It wasn't heard, I think, in the camera because I, I returned and I watched the show. Yeah. I didn't hear about the AEW chant, but I heard it. I was there and I was looking at the guys who were chanting AEW and I was really surprised. And I got, yeah, that, that's huge. <laughs> you're like, that's, you're like, it's cool <laughs> to chant AEW. It's not okay to ask Brock Lesnar about AEW, right? So Absolutely. That, yeah. yeah. Good, good attitude. <laughs> well, Mr. King, I really enjoyed this talk. I hope that we can catch up, you know, maybe after the next show that they do in Saudi, I'd love to preview it or, or post-show talk with you about it. Um, I'm yeah. really, I'm, I'm just happy to hear you're a smart pro wrestling fan bringing, bringing the good word uh, to Saudi Arabia. I really appreciate the time. Thank you. Is there anything you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the interview today? 
Thank you, Mr. Hassan. This is a huge words uh, to come from you to me. Um, I'm really honored. You got the green light anytime you want me, anytime you need me. I I'm available. I will be uh, in your show. It's my honor. Absolutely. And knowing just uh, know someone like you, Nick, it's a huge honor. And someone is a mentor to me yeah. um, working at the Wrestling Inc. And it's every single time I heard you on the Winkley show podcast. Yeah. So I think this is huge for me. And this is a huge opportunity you gave me. So thank you very much. Man. It means a lot. Wrestling. The wrestling fans of Saudi Arabia, actually, I told them about it. They were really excited about it. They know about you. Great. And uh, they they want to say hi to you. And they just really grateful about hearing you and hearing that I will be a guest to you. So um, we are really grateful that you gave us this chance for me to speak and for one of the wrestling Saudi uh, fans here. It's really grateful for us. Ryan Wool with Wrestling Inc. here, standing outside the comedy store with Matt Seidel. Matt. How did you get involved with Storcade? Uh, so Storcade is is the perfect place for me. It was the w when you're in this business and you know if something really cool happening, you make sure you get in on it. And uh, this was just the kind of thing that I wanted to be a part of, and I just made it happen. You know, I, we move mountains for, to make these kind of things happen. Now, Matt, are you a comedy fan? Do you know uh, Tony and Matt Edgar, the store horsemen? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've been a fan of Tony Hinchcliffe's for a long time, and I the first time I came out to the store was when I first came out to LA for the first time to do WSX Wrestling Society X, and then um, we stayed at a hotel just down the street, and so we came here, and I sort of became obsessed with it afterwards, and. Yeah, I'm a big comedy fan. And I, listen, I mean, I listened to the podcast where they made the match because I didn't know what match I had, and I heard it. Okay, now I know. Now I know me and Darby against the Lucha Bros. Amazing. So yeah, it was good that I was paying attention. How do you How do you feel about facing the Lucha Bros in such a unique atmosphere? Uh, well, like they're my favorite wrestlers on earth. So it, what I like about this is th that ring, there's barely any room for the ring to fit in there. So it's gonna be very intimate. It's gonna be up close and personal, and uh, I think. Pentagon and Ray Phoenix, I mean, that that's kind of their environment that they thrive in, and it's perfect because that's what I was looking for, too, and, uh, like, if it, you sometimes I got to, I get to wrestle the, the Lucha Brothers, um, and this is just a monumental occasion, and it's like, we're redefining all of wrestling, we're, we're changing all the old stereotypes to, to new ones, I mean, like, we're, we're, we're changing people's perception of wrestling, and that's the intention tonight, to go out there and just show them what wrestling is, not, we don't have to tell them, you don't have to think, oh, it's this old stuff from back then, no, we're gonna show you what wrestling is today, it's the best wrestling that's ever happened, and everybody's gonna enjoy it. And, uh, Matt, is there anything else you'd like to plug? Yeah, um... I run the WWN Training Center in Largo, Florida. If you're looking to wrestle, come out. I will teach you all the techniques, how to uh, hurt everybody else and not yourself. And uh, check me out on Instagram, Matt Seidel, M-A-T-T-S-Y-D-A-L. Think for yourselves and question everything. Peace, love, and pro wrestling. Thank you very much, Matt. First off, thanks for taking the time. And what a day. Uh, just let me know. Just tell me about this experience and what's going to happen in nearly 20 years to the day of starting a new Hall of Fame. Well, Andy, as you, you mentioned, 20 years to the day, December 17th, 1999, I, uh, I started uh, a Hall of Fame for professional wrestlers and uh, packed that up on January of 2016 and sent it to Wichita Falls, Texas. And that was... Uh, McGirt's old territory and just thought that it would be a good area, central USA and that type of stuff. But um, 
being away from it, and you know, I got a little melancholy and stuff. And I was talking to a guy named Craig Bradley then, Scotland, and uh, he left me a nice message. And he told me that he started a Hall of Fame in Scotland because of what I did here in the U.S. I was really proud and humbled by it. Uh, and it made me start thinking. And then I got um, also I w received a uh, an award from the Cauliflower Alley Club. Yep. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was like, you know, it's the best club in the in the world for yeah. wrestling best organization that they are so then i was just thinking that hit me and then a person came up to me named mike lanuto who uh, introduced me to somebody named seth turner and they started talking about the wrestling hall of fame and this and that and everything and i started putting two to two together i go god's hitting me here with come back out of retirement and also international guy called me i'm thinking to myself well Maybe I can make an international Hall of Fame to where maybe like Canada can have one, Mexico can have one, Australia can have one. And I, I, I said, I'm going to try to do this. And so when we talked to Seth Turner, Seth uh, decided that he would take the challenge on and fill out all the paperwork and do all the stuff necessary for that, which he's actually an educated man and it was easier for him to do that. Right. And he, um, and today after all this hard work and everything, we were, uh, informed that they approved the board of regents in New York state approved our charter for international professional wrestling hall of fame and the internet, my telephone, news outlets have just blown up the people must be wanting it especially on the east coast here because when we moved away they were kind of melancholy a little bit that the fact that they didn't have a place to go to uh every you know third week in may but um maybe we could uh, change that because we're going to do a fundraising dinner in the third week of may in 2020 uh to try to raise some funds so we could um uh, start ha opening up bank accounts and start getting our not-for-profit uh, status and things like that. But we're also going to be shopping uh, capital district area and stuff like that for different towns and villages to see if there's a unique place uh, for pro international professional wrestling hall of fame as an attraction for them and to see whether or not they have any industrial development money that they may want to help us with. So uh, we're going to be putting that out relatively soon. Wow. And, and Tony, what a day it is today. And, uh, you know, I'm going to catch up with you more in the coming days, you know, and talk about, you know, some of the changes and some of the things that will be coming and, and some of the, um, you know, the, the trends that have been, will be happening with the Hall of Fame. Uh, for you, uh, on a personal level, uh, proud to call you a friend, uh, always. And what what was going through your mind when this finally came true? That, hey, we, we're doing this again. Well, I was happy, and I shook my head at the same time. Because <laughs> I know how much work it is to put something like this together. You must understand, when I first did this, there was no playbook. There's nobody to tell you how to do this because it was never done before. When I first started doing this, 
we had to go against a billion dollar corporation and it was very difficult and I didn't have a name out there so it wasn't like I could just call somebody so I knew the work involved and I knew a lot of doors are going to shut in your face and stuff well 20 years later and getting a wonderful a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Cauliflower Alley Club, it, I said to myself, you know something, you've got a reputation now in this industry. You haven't been doing it for five years. You kind of miss it a little bit. Um, maybe I can come back on a grander scale. Let's try an international one. Let's see if I can be the nucleus for halls of fame for these great wrestlers in their own countries and maybe make like a a collage of us all you know yeah. a, a connection of us all that we can all work together and make this a great uh a bond between all these wrestlers and their halls visit each other's halls and stuff like that so that's kind of like uh, went through my head i know i've got a lot of work ahead of me but I kind of like it. I think I can do this. No, I know I can do this. And, I, and I'm, I'm just going to move ahead with it and see where it takes me. Because I'm absolutely starting with nothing again. And it's just a challenge to every time that you receive something, you know that you've achieved. And I, and I just can't wait for, uh, for that opportunity to, uh, to, to come my way. And uh, today was the day that they told me that uh, you're in the race and the gun just went off. And so let's see how you make out in another year or so. Because I'm telling you right now, Andy, 12 months from now will be a lot different. Right. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and Tony, we want to say thank you for talking with us. I'm going to start writing this up before 6. And um, thanks for, for taking the time to talk to me. And it's great to, great to hear you again. And, and it brings back, it almost feels like it's, 2007, 2008 again, where we, we spent a lot of those weekends up there, whether it was cleaning windows or doing vacuuming, or it didn't matter what it was, you, you did it for the benefit of everybody else to come in and walk through those doors. Yeah, people always thought that when they came to the hall, they would see Hulk Hogan. Uh, they didn't understand how many gallons of Windex was used <laughs> or how many hours of vacuuming there was. And thank God for someone like you that, that, that really freed me up a lot, and I appreciate that. Well, thank I you. wish you all the best. Thank you, Tony. Hey, let's catch up again really soon, and uh, I'll send you the links uh, later on tonight when this is all ready to rock and roll. All right, stay in touch. Kiss the baby for me. I will. And, uh, good luck to you, buddy. Yeah, and and uh, Merry Christmas, too. Happy holidays, my man. Yeah, same to you. Thanks, Tony. Congratulations. Thank you very much, Justin, for joining me to talk the news of the day. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. This has been a fantastic week uh, for the Winkley, and uh, really appreciate all your patronage. Uh, we are going to be having a very busy weekend here at the site covering a lot of professional wrestling. Of course, uh, WWE, TLC, that's going to be on Sunday night. Uh, NWA Into the Fire, that's this weekend. ROH's Final Battle and Final Battle Fallout is going to be going down. Uh, we'll have coverage of all of that on the site. Also, if you want to uh, check out Fight uh, this Friday night, tomorrow night, Warrior Wrestling 7, I'll be on commentary with Rich Bokini calling the action for uh, Minoru Suzuki versus Tom Lawler, uh, Team Chaos versus, uh, versus the Rascals, uh, Kurt Angle will be on the show, and a lot more. It's just going to be an awesome card. I'm very excited to call it, and I hope you guys can tune in uh, if you uh, so want. Uh, and if you like this show, uh, if you like all of our review shows, head over to Wrestling Inc. Audio on iTunes. 
Give us a nice five-star rating. Give us a comment. Always appreciated. Uh, keeps us alive uh, in the feeds. Uh, Justin, what do you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the show today? Hit the old follow button at Justin Labar. Cool. And you can hit the new follow button uh, at, at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. That's me. Thank you very much for tuning in. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. <laughs>